0: Welcome to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. Today we're going to have the Poets' Connection Holiday Party. Poets' Connection is a part of Living Poetry, one of the largest poetry groups in the triad of North Carolina. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. just let people in the door so if I get sidetracked that's what's going on um anyway welcome everybody to the Poets Connection Christmas holiday party um regardless of what your your beliefs are and people generally celebrate something this time of year even it's celebrating the fact that 2020 is coming to an end oh yeah I'll say <laughs> Typically, what we do at Poets Connection, we meet once a month, and we usually meet on Saturdays. Um, but I decided to try for a Friday this time because of people being busy a lot of times this time of year on Saturdays. Um, is we, you know, kind of update everybody on how we're doing with our poetry, and then for today, we went just to kind of go around and just take turns reading some of our holiday poems. Now, let's go around the room and introduce ourselves, and I'm going to call, just kind of as I see everybody lined up, so I'm going to call Arlene first, maybe tell us about yourself, what you're doing these days with your poetry, and where you're from.
1: Okay, Arlene Weiss, and I'm now from Southville, Virginia, originally from a New Jersey girl, and uh, I continue to be just as busy writing now as I did before COVID-19 struck. So that's uh, what I'm doing. My writing group is meeting again. And, uh, and that, so that keeps me busy. But that's pretty much it. I have plenty of time to write and that's what I do. Hey, Jonathan.
2: Hi, uh, this, I'm brand new to this, this, uh, this group. My name is Jonathan Hopkins. I live in Suitland, Maryland, but I grew up in, in Philadelphia and I've been writing poetry ever since I was 14 or 15 um, of the last, about the last 20 some odd years, I've been writing a lot more uh, spoken word poetry. I'm not sure if you're, if you're familiar with, with that style of poetry, but that's what I, I normally write. Um, hopefully you'll like mine when you, when you hear it. And um, I write all the time. I write uh, for my church, uh, write for me. I just, just love to write.
3: Okay, Thank you. Barbara? Um, My name is Barbara Tronsolito, and I live on Long Beach Island, uh, which is a barrier island off the coast of New Jersey. I lived in New York for many years where I studied with um, a wonderful poet, Colette Inez. She was my mentor. And uh, I've published uh, four collections of poetry under my press name, Fragile Twilight Press. And I've published in other anthologies. Arlene Bryce is uh, one of them who has kindly published my work and uh, and so will will Lisa. So uh, what I've been doing is uh, the last few years that I've been living full-time um, at the beach is I've been writing a lot and then this year I've been getting a lot of poetry out to share with people which I think is important. Um, so I'm excited about where I am right now but like Arlene, I'm just writing and, you know, letting it come as it comes, right?
0: Okay, thank
3: you. Aruna?
4: Hi, everybody. I'm Aruna Gurumurthy from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Mm -hmm. originally from India. I grew up in different parts of India and then came to the United States in 1999, for graduate school, um, I've worked in academia and research for about a decade before jumping into poetry after a moment of epiphany that I had in the year 2015, I believe. Um, I write poems on love, laughter, motherhood, and hope. And, um, I recently published my seventh book, Down the Grassy Isles. Um, that's it about me, and then I will let my poetry speak for itself.
0: Thank you. Um, Lisa told me, um, let's see, I published a book called Heart Sounds in 2018. I'm currently working on another one called Caring for Souls, as well as doing an anthology called Heartbeats Anthology, and then I have another book that's on the back burner. I helped someone else publish three books of poetry this year, and and I uh, would do editing of poetry and just that in the other. So, COVID has kept me very busy, but I was busy before, but this just kind of nailed me down a little bit more, kept me out of the coffee shops. So, anyway, Bridget, where are you from? Uh, North Carolina. Okay, around the Raleigh area? Charlotte. Charlotte, okay, well, welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Everybody has gone around and told a little bit about themselves, about their poetry life.
5: Uh, I write and I perform a lot. Five state area, New York, New Jersey, uh, Philadelphia area, metros, and just I just enjoy it. Nothing um, to, uh, what do you say, far as income? It's just something relaxing, something that I, that I share and healing processes for myself and other people. Wonderful, thank you. Okay, well, let's get
1: started. I'm we'll going start with Arlene. Okay. Jump in. I have something that's a little on the playful side called the Elf. This mischievous little imp hangs by one hand from a blimp, maybe looking quite limp. Mind you not, he is a pimp of motion to motion, a wimp. He stumbles along with a gimp. Be aware of this little elf guy, stuck in a closet all year or nigh, unhappy, hidden away so high. He roams the dark, asking why, wanting to be out all year long, he'll lie, then whispers Merry Christmas with a sigh. It's the angel, it's the, excuse me, it's the angst, the elf causes while he's out that makes people want to scream and shout. Instead, they pacify themselves, saying it's about when the holiday is over to put him away, no doubt. Someday he will recognize that, in fact, his clout only lasts for December on that. You can count. That's my opening poem. Well, I have one other, so I'll save that for the next round. Okay, thank you. Jonathan?
2: Okay. Um, this, this I wrote this piece uh, almost 15 years ago. I was just looking at the date. I can't believe it's been so long since I wrote this piece. It's called uh, Christmas Presents. <clears throat> I live a misunderstood life. Grew cold when I was told how I've missed on a good wife. With clenched fist, I've withstood strife. While my, right, my wrist writes the good fight, I feel ripped. Now I could write how I'm split in the eyesight of some folks that I like. Too sinful for saints, sinners say, too devoted to my Christ, thus the paradox that I fight. So I write what I write because I surrendered my rights and my life to God's grace where I base mine. He purchased my soul and saved my debased mind, he says Lo. I'm with you always like the sound of a bass line. And now that the sum of my age match my waistline, I pray that the crux of this page will not waste lines because the waste of the wars that I wage rises waist high and I fear my short days that I face makes me waste time. But I follow his ways so that I will not taste crimes. Avoid sure felonies, because I bend legs till sore and fell on knees and trust that God knows more because this fellow needs to trust more than that more a fellow needs. Mm. God looked from heaven and sure saw hell on me because my sin sure held on me, had a spell on me when his love had Christ's love spill on me, placing mm. me with God on high. It seems I get my high esteem from being on God's highest team. Remove me from my pious stream and out of eternal danger by injecting a stranger with hope in a manger like Middle Earth, placing their hope in a ranger. The event of Christ shows God's a hope a ranger, removing Christ's righteousness, righteous coat from a hanger and covered me with it. Took his blood and colored me with it. Then he mm-hmm. took his life and said, come with me, live it. And under me limit the sin that hinders and renders me livid, but allow me to pivot the voice of my pen mid-script and let it drift back to where God gave his gift. He looks and saw men's sin, gripped with Satan's grin, slipped across his face, so God slipped across encased in human skin. His birth, the death of human sin. His death, the birth this human's in. With breath, the earth, and human spin, God gave us worth. But we were cursed from chewing when we were told to leave the fruit alone. But before we could leave the truth alone, God gave us a manual. We don't know how to live. So God gave us a manual to drive us through life like we were a manual five speed because Lord knew I'd need a savior who would guide me back from where sin would slide me. Hide me in his hands hollow so that this man follows this man, follow his stand, swallow his plan, hollow this lamb. I know I'm going to heaven because I know I am. Came and to earth so I would know I am. God, he framed this birth, placed Christ in a virgin's womb to reclaim his turf from the sin that enslaved us. We blame the curse. We're the walking dead, but God restrained the hearse. And we Mm -hmm. tamed what's hurt, so I rehearse how to reverse what's not drawn on him. I hunt homonyms that haunt my pen and holla hymns that honor him with Satan before you choose. It's either God or him, God or sin. You don't got to sin if you've got God within. Mm -hmm. And that is because God's with us, keeps death sting from me because death be coming. So now death becomes me when death beckons me. And since Christ saved my soul, death be comely. He took the death of death from me and left the best of breath in me. Impressed his quest in the chest of me and I'll ingest his rest. So I'm blessed to be found and reborn in him. So now I only like Christmas trees with crowns of thorns in them. And I love being a child of God because I found how the story ends. But you already know that. Now let's see Santa and his reindeers do that. Wow! Oh, powerful. Thank you.
5: Wow, that was awesome! Right. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Mad talent! Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yes. that.
2: I missed the. La- I just realized I missed the last. La- messed up the last line. As you already knew that. Uh, you, uh, we wouldn't have known it. That. We wouldn't have. I know.
3: It if you- it. <laughs> it, did, it, it, it it
2: didn't that, that would have driven me nuts all night. I'm like, oh gosh I just... <laughs> but oh, you're
3: among friends you're among friends. yes
0: absolutely.
2: thank you very much <laughs> Thank you. It's the first time I read it like in fifteen years. <laughs> uh, Barbara Oh,
3: thank you. So this is a poem I wrote many many years ago. It's a narrative poem and it's in a kind of uh, strange uh, well some people might call it strange format. a poem because it's in the form of a a dialogue and it's Mm -hmm. a story it's a true story happened to me when uh, years ago when i worked for macy's um one of my staff was traveling to europe and uh, it was during the month of december and i asked him to purchase a particular gold cross for me in italy he never got a chance to do that uh and here's the story i'll tell you why there's three characters in the poem. There's a narrator, there's Alan, my uh, vice president of design who worked for me, and a Franciscan friar. So there's three uh, characters. This is called Dialogue, A Christmas Story. Narrator. A lady asked her friend to purchase a gold cross in Italy, a gift for her sister. She asked specifically, for this to come from a Franciscan church. St. Francis is the guide in her life. Alan, my journey is filled with delays, snags. I am on my way to Florence and the road is barred. What to do, what to do? I will just go on to Paris. After all, there are churches. I will try once more for the gold cross narrator. The pilgrim made his way to Paris. Once there, he asked many times for the way to a Franciscan church. Finally, in a small chapel in Lael, he was given directions. He walked and walked until he reached what he thought would be the end of his journey. Alan. Ah, there it is. Friar, thank you for seeing me. I have had many troubles on this journey. I've been lost. I've been delayed due to road barriers. I've been asked by a lady to purchase a gold cross for her sister. It's the Christmas season. The lady is my friend. The cross is for her sister. She follows St. Francis. Do you have a gift shop? The friar. Please sit down and rest. Look around you. Do you see? This is a poor area. We can barely afford to feed our children, but we do. No, we do not have a gift shop, but wait, I'll give you something. Narrator. With that, he walked over to a wooden crate lying in the gutter. He took out a penknife. From memory and heart, he carved a cross. Then he carved the head and body of Jesus, placing a smile on the face. He varnished it with clear shoe polish so the lady could see the details. Alan, Friar, Friar, what have you done before my very eyes? I can hardly see from the tears I shed. You an artist and 80 years of living the life of a monk. My friend will not believe this. Friar. She follows St. Francis in her heart. Give this to her. She'll understand. The way to God is not through gold. Alan. Please, Friar. Brother, let me pay you. The Friar. No, not necessary. Alan, then please let me give it to the church. The Friar. His hands outstretched. Look at me, I have nothing but the joy of being alive and the gift put in these hands. Give the lady the cross that she may share this as a sign of peace to all who enter her journey. Alan, I feel different. Narrator, the cross is as long as the palm of a hand and as light as flower petals. It has been known to reach into the hearts of those who touch it. And I'll, I'll just leave my, that was long. So I'll just leave my second poem for the next okay. round.
0: All right. Haruna.
4: My poem is called baby Christmas. It's from my book. *Simplicity Beckons. Baby Christmas. Sequence on stockings, lights tickling trees, the unicorn dazzles, bells ring, bringing peace, love, and joy. Santa's beard are cotton balls of love. His naughty nose, precious twin socks on the mantle, guards of angels also pose living in the world of glimmer she peruses the heartbeats of plastic light the merry glaze in her eyes secretly wishing santa came by every night i scan the floating innocence wipe the mist in my eyes as she asks mama do wooden reindeers glow in
0: the snow this is called hope in the desert he moved to needles searching his soul pining for his lost woman she had left him right before christmas eve needless to say his heart was broken and he pondered the true meaning of life there was a sound in the distance gaining volume as the sound of huffing and bells rang near. Looking to the sky, noticing blades shining brightly of gold and hooves of tiny antlered animals, he was amazed. Then the sounds of ho, ho, ho rang in his ears. Gazing at the cactus and watching in amazement as a sleigh swooped down to land, He was once again revived to memories of his childhood, when life felt innocent and hope sprang in the daylight, and at this thought the smell of the pine trees overcame his senses, and he was once again renewed to the meaning of hope.
1: Mm. Lovely.
0: Lovely. It is.
4: Thank
0: you. All set, Bridget?
5: Right. So this is a piece I've never even, like, you know, when you get that spirit on you and you just start typing and you never like read it back to yourself until one day, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, what was I thinking? Yeah. And where was that? So this is one of those, I kind of, the spirit was on me and I just started writing it. And um, it's talking about that love that first love but some would so much kind of listen to it and think i'm talking about the first love of the opposite sex but it's kind of also and more so the first love of when you came into um your connection with god okay Mm -hmm. all right and i may stumble through it a little bit but here we go when was the last time you took the time to reflect on that love and favor of true death, the divine kind when there's no doubt in your mind that it was not love at first sight, but first understanding it was demanding on your spirit. You even started to change their appearance and the way you process thought and you accept the precepts that preceded the way that you was once taught. Like you begin to see your identity, and you became free from the convoluted energy that tried to provide what was only a guide for a side love with pen Like you found possibility, and it became reality. And as it connected to your epiphany, you became one entity that empowered you and allowed you to take custody, and you have found your destiny and you no longer found yourself battling for position, purpose, and mission, accepting substitutes that wrestled with your true intentions. It's that first love that makes you feel like in real life, you can stop everything. like you can walk on water, make a dollar from a quarter, and still think that you can cop anything. You became less of you and more of who you were supposed to be. And the way you grew, you knew there was something that you were supposed to see deep down inside. And the more you knew, the more you cried. And because you knew he loved you too, you kept your pride. It was discipline instead of disrespect. It was interceding instead of interject. Yeah, it was pain because you had to forget. But in the pain, there was no shame because you had to correct. Yeah, he took away some things, but replaced it with forever. And he even shook up some things, but he held you all together. You prayed and you covered. You laid, he hovered, you thanked and kneeled, he sank, but he reared you in with royal ropes. Just when you were drowning past your throat, you was worth the save, so you caught the wave instead of the slope. And he breathed into you the life that sustains as rim remnant remains in you, gave you a crown, decked you down from the ground up. No longer corrupt, he filled your cup, communion indeed, for I am the seed. The birthright is mine, no longer a daughter of the time, no longer lost, the cost was priceless. I'm cursed, but not priceless. My redeemer, my lover, my feeder, my brother, whatever's righteous. My gratitude cannot compare, one grinding at the mill and one in the air, he that endures to the end will be saved, examine my thoughts as I behave. As valley of dry bones roam in the grave, restore the flesh as I agree with you. If I could touch the tinge of your fringe and plead with you to keep me out of your way to only hear your voice when you say follow me for my yoke is kind and my load is light walk with me by only faith and not by sight talk to me when it's hard to keep the garb white hold on when you're drawn in dark places because i can hide you and guide you through marked spaces trust me when Trust me when you think there's nothing to reap. My father's heavenly resources, of course, are yours to keep. Be silent when I have your burdens. Don't try it if you don't deserve it. Don't repeat the same thing because your pain, don't repeat the same thing because that caused you pain, especially when it's a sin to stand the rain. Come to me when you're feeling confused and doubtful. You don't have to be alone. When you're feeling used and about to resort back to what was comfortable but hurtful. Especially when there's no pain that's worth you. You are my father's daughter. You are my sister by order.
2: Hmm. Wow. Excellent. Oh. Excellent. Yeah. I'm, I'm, just, yes. I'm just letting you know, Bridget, there was a line in there that I'm stealing. I'm just telling uh. you that right now. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in a poem. Uh, I'm, I'm stealing, I'm stealing your line.
5: Wow, I haven't even said that whole thing in one in one breath like that. Like I ran <laughs> through it. But thank you for allowing it was me to that. It
3: was a very powerful reading. Yeah, thank you. Yes, yeah,
1: good. Thank you, Arlene. I have another poem, an elf poem, which both of these I had I wrote yesterday. Uh, I had a, a, a tough day yesterday when I woke up in the morning. My Google homepage was gone. It, my computer was just a blank. And I had quite a struggle trying to form a new page on Firefox. And then later in the day, I got my Google page back. So it was one of those hectic days. And I blame this on the elf. <laughs> they're little troublesome guys that come out at night when we're sleeping <laughs> and fool with my computer. So here's the first elf that I wrote yesterday. The elf isn't content. To just sit on the shelf. He looks around with intent to see whatever wealth in a pot of trouble he can invent in a big bubble to cause a huge dent. To my life of computer, he creates double and laughs a hooter, getting for the rubble. Mixing up RL- URLs, thinking he's the looter, creates supersized yells shouts of you i will neuter comes out of angst resulted in me so that's that's my thoughts on the yelp <laughs> <laughs> it's an honorary little guy literally
0: i don't have one on my shelf <laughs> Definitely. jonathan
2: yes um this piece is not um christmas necessarily but i really like this piece what i wrote this uh, basically, I was inspired by another poet that I that I'm very close with, who wrote a, a poem about what it was that he believed that poets do and what poets are. So I took one of the lines in his in his because I steal lines. I tell people I'll take your line and make a poem out of it. So he had a he had a line that said, uh, "Poets, we scribble light." I thought that was really uh, a beautiful line. So I wrote a poem called "We Scribble Light." That's about what poets do. So. We are here to make sense out of what don't make dollars. Our unique lens shakes scholars and seeks God like real priests with fake collars. We're soaked in hope and doubt till we holler divine whispers in hell's open mouth. We throw quotes about, we write about what you gripe about. Despite heavenly insight, we grope about the outskirts of paradise. The paradox is we are paralyzed, but our pair of eyes are as sharp as paring knives and fine lines for pairing lives, repairing lives, and sharing wise to those whose prayer in life is at their chest to see through. We see you. We're preaching oracles to leaking oracles. We're art spoken to hearts broken. We impart tokens to enlighten dark folks and brighten smart folks. We spark blokes with the fire shut up in our bones. We shut up when we're alone, but our lead speaks volumes. We write to atone. We hear the world through our lead phones. We're lone lyrics and notes thrown from God's thrones to let us know we're his own. So we're right to atone. We don't write to be known. It's our flight that we've flown. When we write, we fight to the bone to give you light we've been shown. And when light has been shown, we'll write and break a point to make a point. We anoint our lead and toil through wars and piece together cords that ward off peace where wars of peace whose peace can make war from peace without you having to pour through war and peace. tore heaven and hell and tour peace so we can store peace. So when we pour from our core, we are informants of important, imported pieces. We force life's assorted feces and distorted pieces through our pen and for sport, we spurt a beautifully discordant thesis. Our trick is we treat this like we need this. We eat this. Whether you need or delete this, we're freed when we read this. We're hemophiliac leeches. We feed when we bleed this. Our creed is we write this. Insight drips from our right wrists. We light wicks when we write scripts and fight bicks like we like this. We write despite the fact that we might miss, but we write gifts that are flight risks. Our pen tips are where light drips. We speak for the tight lipped. We are passion sidekicks. We pass inside tips when life's passive side kicks. We look forward to love like compassion psychics. To us, God ration seismic portions of his grace by allowing our eye to trace the divine contortion of his face. We're the rhyming consortium of his faith. We're born to hate and love this fate. We create lines that recreate times that rewind our minds through time and space. We chase waterfalls, share our gifts and on your face, waterfalls down your cheeks to rain, water crawls, tears hydroplane to hide your pain and whether you're special or try to hide your plane, we write for you. We pen ambient light to give ambient nights for you. We fight for you to quiet your morbid screams, pen life for you that gives birth to aborted dreams. We stream thoughts through our verse, our pen slakes, our thirst, until those men make our hearse, we won't shake this curse. What's worse is we make words work because we know words worth much more than a penny for your thought. It's like we bought a nickel bag of thoughts and peace. We piece rhyme theses and the dime pieces. We lease time creatures to increase our mind creases and until our mind ceases, we'll bind lines to our mind's eye cause our line teach when our lives preach and we form speech that hurts like we're born breach. But don't mourn, each of us is a menstrual, menstrual. We bleed on our pad from secret places to all those hearing it. We flow ink till we cramp, vomit words cause we're sick and spill our guts through our prose period. Wow. Good for you. indeed. Yes.
5: That's yeah. great. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely.
3: Barbara. I have uh, two. One's short. Um, one's a little bit longer, but this one, the short one is hot off the press. I just completed it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's being sent out to, uh, people this year with my christmas cards but it's really um a reflection on what people have been going through in Hmm. 2020 um the difficulties uh and there are many There's the, the covid there's the black lives matter there's the economy i mean we can go on and on and on you could read into this any way you like but uh it was as a poet i know you'll you'll recognize this they're big big subjects and you have to Pair them down and sculpt them into a poem. So mm-hmm. this poem is short, but there were a lot of um, revisions that went into it. Uh, I live at the beach, so this, you'll see a lot of uh, ocean and bay, saltwater images in the poem. It's called Beyond the Bay. My feet reach for sand. Bay water once shallow, now deep, so deep. Salt air sighs, I see a boat. Water rises, moves closer. I dip my hand and taste the tears of my sisters, of my brothers and my own. Adorned festive in light, I rest in the bow, oars are taken from me. I float to Emmanuel's peace. We're well, all welcome.
2: Yeah, I'm again. There's a line I'm stealing in there. I'm sorry.
3: Uh-huh.
2: We float to Emmanuel's pieces. That's that's <laughs> amazing. Awesome. <laughs>
3: that, that came through inspiration. That's, I I that, I don't know where that came. That kind of just came. So it's free anyway. Thank the, you. This poem uh, is. Um, one I wrote a couple of years ago and it was inspired by a little cardinal that kept pecking on my window. It was the window where my mother slept when she lived here. My mother passed some years ago, but um, so, so the poem is about uh, the cardinal. I'm talking to him. I called him Jack. I thought he should have a name, but it is, it has Christmas images in it as well. So the name of the poem is for Jack. A cardinal pecks at my window. I name him Jack. He says, come, let's fly to the moon. Joy to the world. Oceans steamroll cities. Wildfires laugh at howling winds. Planet Earth drowns in pools of icebergs melting. We are chanting, Gloria, Jesus is born. Silent night, guns rule sanity, Muslims hide, women speak out in staggering numbers. We hear chanting, Gloria, Jesus is born. Noel, Noel, grandmother counts crusts of bread, child limps on a sunny day, veteran curls in mud to sleep tax breaks for wealthy icons. We hear chanting, "Gloria, Jesus is born. I'm tired and I want to go home, Jack, where ocean waves kiss the shore, sunsets lay with twilight. He says, follow the star, morning arrives soon. Ancient chant in night's stillness. Gloria, Jesus is
2: born. That was beautiful. Mm
1: -hmm. That was
2: beautiful.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh, I've been writing some prose poems. So this is a short one. Uh, It's called Christmas Tree. Beads of yellow light bedazzle the pine tree. A splash of bulbous wonder shrink my eyes just yesterday my little girl cut the new trees netted strings loosening the restraint opening the inhibitions streams of lights embrace the tree sequined ornaments glitter shimmery stars birds and butterflies his and her gingerbread cookies disco balls and glimmering letters of her name dia Hang in rustic rhapsody. There are rhinestones of wonder and tearful joys in my eyes. They sparkle and say, Do you like my Christmas tree?
0: Thank you. That's so cute. I like that. Bridget, are you back with us?
5: This is one that I would recite to women. And usually when I recite this, I get a lot of slaps from the sisters and the females. Is this my baby? Yes. <laughs> and um, okay. So kind of goes it's talking about the effect Eve had on Adam, and how it kind of rippled out into modern day society to some degree. Uh, and so <laughs> usually when I do this one. I get a lot of slack from the females, but here we go. All right. It's called A heart Lesson to Swallow. What flows off your lips is Beyonce and Jay Z. But the twist in this mix is the he and not the she. You see, behind every man is a woman behind every strong man is a woman. And that's true but what makes the woman strong should be the man and not you. You see, in truth, the weaker vessels on the kettle, the weaker vessels on the kettle, and he whistles when she's ready. How about you keep your feet on the pedal while he steers to keep you steady? You see, eating the remix is taking it back to the beginning when the plan was for a man to dominate the land and keep from sinning. But instead, it was she who had to be a go getter thinking her plan was better. And unfortunately, he let her. Now this same spirit dominates the world when she sings, if I were a boy, and he tries to be a girl. You see, ladies, the spell is still wrapped, and the feeder is the leader, and is keeping us still trapped. But this track is taking it back to Genesis to demand what you lack, and that's the innocence. Unlike the media that's feeding you this Jezebel crap from the tap, drinking the water from the reverse of the order, so now you're collecting quarters to make it clap. Using beauty and flesh to abuse the court, but it creates a mess because you just confused his thoughts. Beauty is in the spirit when the mind is taught. So if your teacher is menage, well, you've been bought. Love and hip hop's reality has become your mentality. Jersey Shore keeps you a score. Housewives is now the whore. That's okay, because you still got power left. You can savor the behavior because it's not the last hour yet and build a wall layered in bricks to make him strong without the tricks. Building together stormy weather while the clock still ticks. So shut down the voice that deceives the airways and back away from the tree so not to breathe in their ways. Tasting affection made from perfection will lead you up better stairways. It's easier than you think if you just let him think. Vixen or a queen, which one will sink? Which rib will he save if he had to choose? But the choice is yours with everything to lose. Thank you. Yep.
0: Okay, mine is December. It is written in dedication to Christopher Pierce Cranch, who wrote the first poem. I'm going to read you his poem first. It's this part of the Dead Poets Society group. Um, his poem is called December. No more the scarlet maples flash and burn, their beacon fires from hilltop and from plain, the meadow grasses and the woodland firm in the bleak woods lie weathered once again. The trees stand bare and bare each stony scar, upon the cliffs half frozen glide the rills, the steel blue river like the scimitar lies cold and curved between the dusky hills. Over the upland farm I take my walk, and miss the flaunting flocks of goldenrod, each autumn flower a dry and leafless stalk, each mossy field a track of frozen sod. I hear no more the robin's summer song through the gray network of the wintry woods, only the cawing crows that all day long clamor about the windy solitudes. Like agate stones upon earth's frozen beast, the little pools of ice lie round and still, while sullen clouds shut downward east and west, in marble ridges stretch from hill to hill. Come once again, O southern wind, once more, can with thy wet wings flapping at my pain, ere snowdrifts pile their mounds about my door, one parting dream of summer bring again. Ah, oh, no, I hear the windows rattle fast. I see the first flakes of the gathering snow that dance and whirl before the northern blast. No countermand the march of days can know. December drops no weak relenting tear by our fond summer sympathies ensnared. Nor from the perfect circle of the year can even winter's crystal gems be spared. So, then this is my attempt at my version of December. As the vivid burst of colors leave their station, golden red, rusty shades, and flecks of green, released to find a place to forever fall upon, lasting to gaze at multicolored sheen. Naked, free to slow the flowing of the lake, icy nights bring forth a morning chill, Glazed upon the logs as crystals break preparing stacking wood against the hill. Amidst the warmth of sun against my calves, a sadness overcomes my feeling strong. It is too soon to leave what comfort has, yet winter makes its own where it belongs. As nests away are skintered in the trees and life is lost as fawns begin their rest, yearning for the times when breath was free, now holding on to every warming breath. Amethyst beckoned to the darkened moon, pulling for the strengthening of mind. As slumber comes and we will wait for June, lay stores are ready for the winter time. Warmth within the soul ignites the flames, leaving lasting hope for destiny strong. Spirits dash, yet memory of games brings forth the memories of which I long. It comes despite all of my fantasies. Winter calls and must be answered clear. I pull my plaid to me around my knees. Time to find comforts from what is near. While December makes its way beyond my will and pulls from memory what keeps me warm. And each wind whistling drifts from off the hills. Each day will take us past the point of art.
3: A long wow one. <laughs> well, The imagery is beautiful. Yes. Thank you. right beautiful Thank you. Yeah. Barbara This is a, another um, short poem I wrote uh, last year, actually um, for Christmas and uh, I don't know how many people know this, but um, Francis of Assisi uh, created, the uh, Christmas nativity scene. Uh, he did it live in um, 1223, I believe is the year, uh, in a little town in Italy called Greccio. So his idea was to bring the whole scene of the, the birth of Jesus live to people, many of whom couldn't read. Um, and, uh, and then there was an empty crib there and then he would bring, and so tradition is on Christmas Eve, the friars will bring in the baby Jesus that night. And I said, you know, what do we do with the empty crib? Uh, we asked St. Francis to maybe give us some idea of uh, how we approach uh, uh, the Christmas mystery really. So uh, this, is, this is called the empty crib. St. Francis, show us the story of Gretcho, waiting quarter moon shades of purple lurk in mystery, moonlight privy, ready for crescendo. Sheep, oxen, and angels in warm breath chant in excelsis Deo. In full moonlight there appears children in rags, imprisoned in cages, grandmother in solitude, hungry for youth, dying friend with unpaid bills. As you showed us, we hold their hands, walk towards the empty crib, wait for the babe who chose to live with us. Thank you. It's lovely. This is uh, has always been kind of a signature poem of mine. It's, an, it's another true story. Happened on Lexington Avenue many years ago in Manhattan. Again, when I was working for Macy's, rushing off to worry about selling sweaters. And then this story happened. This is called To a Homeless Woman. That moth-eaten fur coat becomes you in morning light, glancing on the red of your lipstick. What regalia to search for breakfast in the trash you pick up a mirror left over from someone's cosmetic bag i look over and see my face too do we know one another were you standing here 20 years ago did the wind blow too hard it's the christmas season see the lights and the manger for you to adore a few snowbirds hovering on naked branches, in chorus, singing in excelsis Deo. Do you remember being a child and Christmas breakfast served hot cocoa and fruitcake? Does the red on your lips give you reason to smile in the broken glass? Will you be warm enough?
0: wow goodness (laughs) okay i'm going to read um one more and then we might use this to kind of wrap it up because it's like we're running out of poems (laughs) and running out of people um this is um from house of haiku and this is called um this is called joy in the morning Joy to the children in the early morning's light, opening their eyes, tearing up the gift papers, turning those tears off to smiles.
1: Well, this is the first time that I've written anything about Christmas. And it came from a writing prompt from my writing group, uh, the elf was. But listening to the poetry today, I, I think it's inspired me to, uh, I better write some Christmas poetry. <laughs> I've written some winter solstice in the last several years, oh, yeah. but never at Christmas. Weird. So yes, you've all inspired me. Yeah, and this year, the solstice, thank you.
3: <laughs> the solstice is a big day because uh, two planets, Jan- uh, Saturn and Jupiter come together and form what, sh- what will be a, look like a star. It's gonna look like a star mm-hmm. in the sky and yes. it's on the winter solstice. It's very profound,
0: I yeah. think. We probably should really make that a, a prompt Yeah. Yes. yes.
3: think It's really (laughs) profound. I'm posting it all over Facebook. I think it's a big deal.
1: Yeah. This has been nice, Lisa. Thank you for hosting. Thank you all for getting together.
0: Enjoyed it very much. You'll have a wonderful rest of your day and a wonderful holiday.
1: Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Merry Christmas. And I'll see you all in January. I'll be sending out guidelines for the new anthology. All right. Letting me know ahead of time. Okay. Okay,
3: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our presentation today, the Living Poetry Poets Connection December meeting. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Have a good day.